0: Folks, and welcome or welcome back to NTI's Japan Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host Ziv Nakajima I'm again, and this podcast was brought to you, among others, by Emil Gorgis, a Tokyo real estate agent who specializes in serving international or mixed nationality families looking for the perfect family home. So Emil's in Australia; he's been living here in Japan for the past two decades, eight years of which he's been actively buying, selling, and managing real estate properties in the city. On behalf of his own family and a great many happy clients. And he also acts as a mortgage broker on behalf of his clients. So his company has a dedicated loan officer in many of the Japanese mega banks. And if you're a regular listener, you probably already know him from our JREP, the Japan Real Estate Experts Panel Sessions. So you're probably already aware that the man is an absolute fountain of wisdom on all things related to real estate in Japan, and in particular to family homes the greater Tokyo metropolitan area, and mortgages, and most importantly, he's incredibly generous with his time and advice, which he's more than happy to provide at no cost or commitment to anyone asking. So if you've been thinking about buying your home in Tokyo, but you've been sitting on the fence for a while, or if you just want to have a chat in English with a real expert, drop him a line on emil.gorgie's that's E-M-I-L dot G O R G double e s at tokyorealty.jp hit him up today and start exploring your options all right so for today's episode we are two-thirds of our jrep japan real estate experts panel again um but fortunately this time i got the ladies so tracy and blanca and yours truly we had a bit of a off-topic riff Apologies to our listeners who aren't into these uh, segues. We talked about annoying owner unions and building management companies, how to deal with those when you're running a mostly uh, monthly rentals operation, how to conduct renovations while still complying with all of the uh, building management bylaws and regulations, renting to singles versus couples or families, temporary workers and shared accommodation type tenants, and then we took a real deep dive into pets, cats versus dogs, uh, single versus uh, multi-level family homes, and a whole lot more. So really fun, let your hair down kind of conversation. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did, and I'll see you again on the other side. All right, Japan real estate experts panel, JRE.
1: <laughs> Is that your radio voice, do you visit?
0: Quick round of introductions, um, ladies. I'm surrounded today.
1: <laughs> well, um, yeah, I'm, I'm usually I'm usually surrounded by all the men, and and now um, you know I've brought some uh, sister support with me. Yes. Go for it, Blanca.
2: Hi there, hi everybody. Uh, my name is Blanca Kobayashi, and I'm the marketing director and co-founder of Agriform. We are a bilingual reform company serving clients in the whole Kanto region. We um, help foreigners uh, to renovate their properties or their businesses by offering them English services and we also deal with Japanese clients also. We have very wide services. We can help you do anything and everything you, know, you need about your problem.
1: Thanks Blanca. I'm Tracy. I am your resident short-term rental Minpaku expert. I've been doing Minpaku for 10 years uh, so I'm a property manager for, for short-term rentals, as well as a host, and I'm also a coach. So I help people with their profitability on short-term rentals and also you know, how to get into it and how to maximize your hmm. profits without discounting. That's what I'm a big fan of. So and now me. you're
0: a published author too.
1: And now, oh, I'm, congratulations. Actually, I, haven't my, I haven't got my book with me, but um, I am a published author. So I was trying to represent Japan. Um, in this, this book of stories from short-term rental hosts around the world. And uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting project. And it was released on Monday. It's called Hospitable Hosts. And it went to Amazon number one immediately so i'm a number one best-selling author
2: mm. awesome. congratulations is it available on
1: amazon japan it's on amazon japan actually and right now obviously to, you know to game the to game the algorithm to get your you know you know the the kindle is like 79 yen or something silly so you can you can pick up that book for 79 yen on kindle i like, um, I like paper book Um, there's also a paper book so it's available in japan and like if you order it it'll it'll, you'll get it in like a day and then you can bring it to me blanca and i'll sign it and i'll sign your and i want you to sign because i bought both of your books yes
0: yes you're an author too hang on
2: yes yes uh me and my husband we are publishing books about financial freedom it's part of what we do uh besides real estate and renovations we kind of we help people to reach uh Financial independence and and more of uh, financial knowledge how to how to grow in with that real, department. with
1: real estate being a very
2: you know with a lot of with a lot of things so the first book we published is uh, basically the it's a beginner's guide so it kind of tells people how to what to do to get a job and how to start managing their finances how to dig themselves out of uh, debts and how to handle their finances. Uh, you know, in a smart way, so they just don't spend and go, they don't go and spend everything at once and things like that, how to invest smartly, how to pull back money uh, at the right time and things like that. Um, It's funny because last two weeks ago or three weeks ago, my husband met somebody that we were teaching about investments and who was coming to our seminars about uh, blockchain investments and the lady was very happy and she said i'm so happy that i have met you and attended your seminars because i've made hundred thousand uh, dollars on <laughs> thanks to using your methods and your advices so it was that was really rewarding it was great what are the books called Banca? our book is called the beginner's guide to financial freedom
0: okay so... and we
2: published both in english and in japanese so it's on amazon worldwide uh, available so if yep. you could both um send me links to where you can
0: get the book later we'll put Yay! them uh, put them in the show notes cool Thank you. and i'm a ziv Nakajimam again a partner co-founder of nippon tradings international or nti for short and we help um foreign investors and holiday home shoppers whether they're in japan or out of japan Uh, purchase and manage and sometimes sell their properties so we can do everything for you and you don't even have to visit japan nor speak japanese any at any step of the way
1: but if you do visit japan and you want to check out your investments um you know there's always short-term rentals that you can come and (laughs) <laughs> stay in in
0: I Tokyo and the renovations are just in Kanto too I can't wait for the both of you to start expanding beyond that that little um, bubble yeah, of yours
2: yeah uh, yeah you know first they're gonna come to Tokyo they'll stay with Tracy then they buy a property off you and I'll renovate it for them yeah.
1: <laughs> you you renovate you you just do Canto at the moment
2: But we, right now, we have a customer that wants us to renovate his property in Shimoda. I see some very nice uh, business trips. After buying a
0: family home, it'll be Emil who's not with us today. He's in the US. He's the one to help with that. But uh, yeah, anywhere else in the country, most definitely. Um, And if it's not a family home, we're probably the go-to as well. Mm. And we spoke last time about the difference in renovations between renovating your own home and an investment property. Yep. Um, I was wondering if we could chat a little bit about... Because um, both of you are probably well-experienced or um, I should say maybe well-burned by the topic of um, annoying owner unions and building management ah. company. <laughs> Roll your eyes. Exactly. Oh, oh, oh. I had a thing today where... Um, We've got customers who are selling their properties and um when you sell a property you need to get information from the building management company you need to know the renovation history of the building you need to know how much they got in the reserve funds this is all information that potential buyers want to know and they're a pain in the bum you know half of them just say oh yeah we got it here she wants come over and have a look in the office we've got the books here like can't you send us something like a scan or anything? You know, we're on the other side of the country. And I know there are a lot of trouble for short-term stay operators and there are a lot of trouble for uh, renovators as well, right? Yeah. Definitely,
1: definitely for short-term rental operators. There is, um, I think the general rule of thumb is that if there is a, a single, like, it, you know, for, for, uh, for apartment buildings where there's multiple owners and there is a kumiai, there is it's it's going to be impossible to get a short term rental license it's just not even worth like wasting your time but, but even if
0: you do it monthly rentals which you know they're not officially allowed to bar you from doing they, they still give you a hard time right
1: they still give you a hard time but but to be honest like you know you're you're going to have to have some pretty serious marketing chops to to fill up a monthly month to month rental like you know it's not something that you can you know unless you've got some pretty significant history or you've got a really big database of customers or you've got some really good corporate alliances with um with people that are bringing in either students like you know on a regular basis or interns or something along those lines unless you've got that unless you've got that pipeline of uh customers it's really hard to set up a monthly a monthly business um because the market like look at look at what Oyo did um this is pre-pandemic Oyo the Indian uh short-term company uh a hotel slash boutique hotel uh company tried to really you know enter the Japanese market they were very very aggressive um taking all the staff from Expedia and and um home away and they had like 300 people in a very short amount of time and I said right then I said this market is not going to sustain these um uh, all of these month monthly rentals because there's just not enough um you know there's and again unless you've got the pipeline of people that are coming in needing the month to month rentals it's just going to it's just going to keep the the price pressure downwards is just not sustainable and they closed up shop i mean they were closing up shop before even the pandemic hit and then pandemic was the final nail in the coffin well uh, they um, weren't
0: really active yet, but i know from our experience working with customers who do that um there are companies like similar to Aminpa operators there are property managers that specialize in monthly absolutely. rentals absolutely
1: yeah. and if you like i said if you've got the pipeline if you've got the ma- you know you, the, the the marketing channel and you've got the seo like if you're going to be hitting on those keyword searches and w- 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 then then you're fine but starting up from scratch against some of these people is it's you, you're going to you're going to find it tough yeah
0: but still i mean What do in your so so you're not super active in the monthly rentals space, are you? Like, have you had run-ins with building management companies or owner unions specifically in that area?
1: No, not monthly. No, but I mean, these are the days before before regulations. Obviously, we came up against um, we came up like really hard against some of the uh, the building regulations, Um, and we moved out of a number of places. This before we needed a license in short-term rentals. Um, and that, yeah, we were we were booted out of a couple of places, yes. even mm-hmm. though we had like the owner's permission. The the, the I went and and they you know they had emergency meetings and drew and put in new bylaws, putting
2: new clauses.
0: To, you to were the prepare. topic of an emergency meeting, Tracy. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah that's why we had to close our uh, our short term rental because the building would just not allow it. There were several owners. And the biggest deal was that in the third and fir- fir- fourth floor was an accommodation. The whole floor, uh, they, they, the fourth floor was like a hotel. And the third and fourth floor, they built in a capsule hotel. So they were not interested at all to have any other short-term rental in the building.
0: Competition, right?
2: Yeah. The, so yeah. that was the minute the laws came in, uh, they they basically you know shut everything down. And when it comes to all these, uh, you know, all the older commissions and uh, the Kumiya and stuff, we are dealing with one of that right now in terms of um, property rental, where the owners, they want uh, their property uh, renovated, but it's in a mansion. So you have to discuss with the mansion management, what is actually allowed, what it's not allowed. And of course, there's a lot of things that it's not allowed. So uh, even if you want to replace an air condition, you cannot drill a hole where the hole is not. So God forbid you would want to, there's one room that we wanted to put a normal air condition and they would just not allow us. This is an apartment that, the, that is owned by somebody. Yeah, it is an apartment that it's owned by somebody. We are contracted by the owner to do a complete renovation of the, of the property because it's in the mansion you have to f- kind of get a uh, you have to submit your work or what you're going to do inform the management company because if you were to drill a hole where you're not supposed to like in a public and, wall for example, yeah like yeah. on like on the public wall uh or if you would place something where it's not supposed to be pl- placed it is me as a reform company that is responsible for it not the owner, despite I'm um, doing uh, the job based on the owner's wishes. So I would be responsible. I would be the one paying the fines as a company. So we have to always make sure that everything is done uh, as per the law and the regulations of the building. Otherwise, we as a, re- a renovation company are the one responsible for, for the jobs and for the fines that come with it. And they can also make it difficult with scheduling
0: too, right? They only allow you to work certain hours of the day they or certain yes. weeks.
2: Yes, they will allow you only to work specific hours, of course. Um, some properties don't even allow you to work weekends. Some do, but you have to kind of announce ahead. We are lucky that this property is in the first floor, uh, I mean, second floor, so we don't need to really use the lift that much. But um, so we can use the stairs for most of the things, only for like the biggest, heaviest things, we will have to use the elevator. We have to even say um, from what time to what time we're gonna be using the elevator, on which days we have to put in the protective sheets, then clean up the whole thing. Of course, then they will tell you, you also have to clean up the whole hallway despite you don't even make it dirty. <laughs> yeah. So they kind of use it up that, you know, you make the clean, you, you do the cleanup for them during basically every day. During the renovations, yeah, I guess that I mean
0: it's a kind of kind of contradiction. I mean, on the one hand, they're a pain in the bum for contractors and, and providers like us, but I guess on the other hand, that's what they get hired for—the building management companies, yeah. right?
2: Yeah, that's their job. Uh, I guess to be annoying to everybody, yeah. <laughs> but they, in a way, they protect. In a way, they protect the owners of the properties uh, because you know, you have to deal with them. You don't have to deal and be inviting people for a meeting. You deal directly with the management company and the management company kind of already knows uh, most of the cases because you are definitely not going to be the first one that is doing something in the building. So they are already Mm. kind of familiar. So they just go case by case, you know, and then tell you, you can do this, you can't do that. You know, you can only work these days and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I will say that the, even though these, you know, uh, these kumiya's make it hard to, you know, to to work around. Um, that it, it does make a big difference to the quality of life of the people who are like residents there. And and the reason I say that is that that there's a there's a few buildings around town where it's owned by one owner, who's Really not interested. Who's really just bought a building and has allowed? Let's. I'm, and I'm talking minpaku here because that's what I know. Um, they allow min. So the owner will allow individual renters to do minpaku, but because there's no kumiya, there's no real sort of doorman. They and the owner is just really not interested. the the quality of the building for the other people who live there really goes down. So um, there's a couple of not very good Airbnb hosts who, uh, who are also, they let, they let the, uh, um, they let the guests go wild and they let the guests not put the trash out where they're supposed to. So it's all those things like Mm. the trash disposal and it's nasty. I've seen some properties that are completely nasty because, you know, no one's really interested in the quality of life. Yes. For the current residents, but and also for the guests. So I feel bad for the guests who go and book these places. Yes, they're cheap, um, and they probably won't see the host, but they won't see the you know the owner of the building either. And it's yes. just the trash. Oh my goodness, I've seen some buildings. It's just awful. But because dumping is you know there's illegal dumping, and you know yes. the stairwells are the stairwells are unsafe because people again no one's watching me, so I'm going to behave badly. Yes. Uh, and so that's what happens. So human you know, nature,
2: unfortunately. I came across, um, came across a case when, I don't know if you've read it, Tracy, in one of the groups we are in, that a lady was renting uh, and wanted to get a cat. So the, and she knows the owner of the property. So the owner of the property told her, okay, go ahead, Deja Vu and she so she informed the management company that oh she's getting a cat because uh the owner of the apartment or house i'm I'm not sure if it was a house or apartment i think apartment like a mansion smaller mansion so that the owner told her gave her okay to get a cat and the management company still vetoed that and told her she cannot
0: yeah that's a lot of. I mean, if somebody contacts us asking, looking for a place, and a lot of people say, "Oh, you know, we're open to renting, we're open to buying, we don't mind, particularly," um, but we got this pet, we will immediately say, "Just don't, don't even, don't even right. try." It's just don't even try.
2: Yeah. No, it's true. It's true because uh, you know uh, people don't want it, and then you immediately have problems with the other people, especially if there is an elevator. Uh, you have a problem to bring your pets out using the elevator and stuff like that. So, I mean, they just, nobody just wants to deal with that. You know, mm. barking, if it's a dog, you are dealing with barking. Yeah, there's a lot of issues.
0: That's a good potential for a business actually. I think my um, my partner, Chikako is actually deeply into uh, helping uh, stray cats, stray animals basically, but in Japan, it's mostly cats. And um, I mean, she, she's really seriously thinking about getting a group of investors together to purchase a building where not only pets, not only where pets will be allowed, but also where you can actually get a unit for cheaper rent if you commit to adopting um, an animal. Right?
2: We there is there is one like that in Tokyo. There's is one there? like that. Yes, there's one like that in Kyoto. There is one like that in Saitama. We. Uh, support the lady in Saitama because she helps me. I have a stray cat issues in the Akiya next to my house, um, so she helps me with those cats. And um, they so basically like the lady in Saitama, she has around 60 to 80 cats at the time in her house. Wow! It's so you can tell it's a full time job. Uh, the problem is they are always running out of funds and always running out of uh, volunteers to help. Mm. especially right now during corona because before they would offer free accommodation for uh, helping out at the shelters but right now because there are no people coming in they have no uh, they don't have enough enough volunteers and enough workers so it's not only about the property I think to get the manpower and then get the feeding feeding yeah. and the vet issues because at that point the vet bill, it's just crazy. I what I do, uh, we send them food every now and then, because mm, they all they always have like Amazon wish list and something. So a few times a year, I send them, you know, a care package. People people support them financially, you know, send them issues. When she comes to our house, my husband tries and gives her money, you know. When she comes and helps out with the neighbors, but uh, this issue is. Honestly, not about the property. The issue is how you're gonna sustain it monthly. Yeah. If you don't have sponsors to back you up and commit, because I know that Mina, that um, Mina's animal sanctuary in Chiba, she's renting a house, um, and has she has animals of all sorts. It's not just cats. She has cats, dogs goats, she has some lizards, parrots, uh, I think she has a pig, I mean she has, every, the girl has everything, she's amazing, <laughs> but um, it's a 24 hours job. Yeah. And uh, so she can't do anything else uh, and then she also, she has volunteers sometimes to come and help, but the, the cash is the biggest issue.
0: I think Chica's not really into running NPOs and stuff, but she was really looking for um a viable business model that would somehow like social impact investing kind of thing where it would actually also that be able to, to generate yeah. money for investors and help those animals right
2: it would definitely not generate any any money for anybody it's just but you, you companies can do it if they if they have that kind of uh you know feeling towards and they have spare money to to dump every month mm. that's yeah. the only way there's a lot of people that I
1: know that are involved in the the catch the catch neuter release programs, yeah, yeah. and it's the vet it's the vet bills. I mean, obviously yeah. you have a vet that does it for cost, but it's still it's not a zero cost. Mm. Um, and because yeah, the, the feral cat issue is really really big yeah. here, really yeah. especially around Chiba. Um, mm. You know. Yeah. old houses
2: i mean there are
0: there are place it is like we said before it is hard to get a place that will actually allow you to have a pet so i'm That's guessing right. there might be some you know some financial viability there if you provide that option to people
2: i think having a bunch of rental properties that allows cats would be a good market hmm. especially i know that it's difficult um, i don't know how in your area but in tokyo it was difficult to find a property that allows you with bigger dogs Yeah, that as well. Mm. So bigger dogs is a big issue. Uh, So if you can, like, you know, accommodate bigger dogs, then you would definitely find a clientele because people, especially now, again, a lot of people got pets, you know, during Corona and they realize it's so nice to have a companion and more and more people want to have a cat or a dog, but they simply can't. So having a separate set of listings that allows uh, allows uh, animals is yeah. actually very good.
0: Like a minpaku friendly building, pet friendly yeah. building. Yeah,
2: in Matsudo, in our area, I know that there is one real estate agent that's, that that uh, specializes on pet friendly apartments. That's nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, something have a part of your portfolio that, is, that it's like that. I think that one would be very helpful. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot,
1: and there's a lot of hidden animals as well. I know I hid a cat for a very long time. Uh, <laughs> oh, I
0: feel comfortable saying this because this is in English, but uh, we've got three strays in our place. We're only allowed to have one.
1: <laughs> yeah, like it happens
2: It happens a lot, but the problem is that like the animal shelters, the adoption centers, they will not allow you to adopt uh, a cat or a dog unless you, because you have to show that your rental agreement allows pets yeah and they come for checkup if you are an unknown person if you are a first-time client so there's a little bit of a problem there you cannot right now skip it because they had issues uh very often that people would just take uh, a dog or a cat or any animal and then you know uh, sooner or later the landlord finds out and then they have to you know give it up and then usually they come back to the shelter and they go like oh I can't have it after all, so
0: do yes. something. We interrupt this broadcast. I always wanted to say this. We interrupt this broadcast to tell you about Tokyo Family Stays. They're a short-term rentals company in Tokyo and they offer a home away from home experience, which is just perfect for remote working, quarantining, or if you just need summer quiet to hide away from the world. So they offer a variety of options for families, for corporate relocations, or simply if you're transitioning between homes in Tokyo. Now the properties are super comfortable tastefully furnished, fully equipped with all amenities and they accommodate up to 10 people. So really the only thing you'll need to bring with you is your toothbrush and maybe a change of clothes. They've got fast, unlimited wireless internet, dedicated workspaces, and fully equipped kitchens. And they're just a delight to stay in. A fantastic alternative to Japanese business hotels, which if you've ever stayed in one, you probably know. They're tiny, they're noisy. Fine for a night or two if you're on your own, but long-term or with a family, you'll probably feel you're in a jail cell very quickly. So if you want to give yourself a sense of space and freedom by renting a real home with comfortable Western beds including all the necessities like baby bedding, children's toys, high chairs, you definitely wanna reach out to Tokyo Family Stays. They've been at it for over a decade. They're a fully licensed minpaku or short-term stay operator. And as a special bonus for our viewers and listeners, they're also throwing in a breakfast basket upon arrival for anyone who books and mentions the Japan Real Estate Podcast or NTI. And not only for guests, if you're a property owner, you've got an investment property that you wanna tweak for higher profits, or a holiday home that you want rented out when not in use via short-term stays, drop them a line today, see how they can help you maximize your property's income. And again, as a special bonus to our viewers and listeners, they're also offering a free audit of your existing short-term stay listings without any obligation whatsoever. So feel free to reach out to them at tokyofamilystays.com. Well worth your visit. And again, if you're in the market for a family home in or around the Tokyo metropolitan area, Emil's is your man. Don't be shy to reach out to him as well at emile.gorgies, G-O-R-G-E-E-S at tokyorealty.jp.
2: So for yeah, this well, reason, we got ours
0: when we still owned the house now we sold the house and bought an apartment so we don't we didn't get the double check like nobody actually came back to see where we're living at the moment but yeah our yeah. kumiai our kumiai only allows one but i, I don't know from the uh, tapping of paws that i'm hearing on the upstairs floors once in a while i think a lot of people
2: have more than one yeah yeah if it's already a pet friendly building uh you know they don't, I don't think they really bother that much, unless, you know, you start running around the way with your 20 cats or 20 dogs. <laughs> so I don't think that one is that big of an issue.
0: With the big dogs, do you find that house landlords are a bit more open to that? Like if somebody if, is renting a house with a yard, would the landlord usually be okay with a big dog?
2: Um... Yeah, the houses with the yards. I think they kind of counting on that. As like, I have several friends that have a bigger dogs, and so they are always they are looking for houses because apartments. I like you know, it's few apartments that would allow really big one or the really expensive one. I have expat friends that are here and they have huge dogs, but because of the rent that they are paying or the companies are paying for them, uh, is not that big of an issue. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's all I think it's all about money anyways, eventually, you know, uh, if you are paying, putting down a good deposit and they know that after you leave, they just, you know, you also I know that the dog friendly or uh, animal friendly apartments, you have to put down far bigger deposit than for yes.
0: a Yes, that's the case.
2: So when you put down a good enough deposit, you know, you are not getting it back because they will use it for a complete renovation of the apartment after mm. you. So if you are okay with that, I I think that there's you know there's a way to way to handle it. But it's about the do- it's about the property owners, I think, really. Like I wouldn't mind if somebody has a cat um or a, a smaller dog in our house uh, that we are renting. I don't know if big dog would be okay because or if it's an older dog maybe, but like when you get a puppy, you know the puppy's gonna chew on everything. <laughs> Right, so I think it kind of depends, and then you know, cats. I think that's a like our cat is pretty okay. Uh, he doesn't really reap much, and uh, you know, you know that if you're leaving, if people are leaving, you know, you have to ta- change the change the wallpaper. Mm. So that one is not that big of an issue. Is there is there
1: a cat repellent wallpaper? You know, maybe that's something that you could be doing. <laughs> like like Blanco is like. Well, there's definitely cat, sprays that you, you can
0: spray a... on the wallpaper it, it
2: does know. not and you're not gonna spray the wallpaper no. we, we if do... you have a cat in your house you're not we gonna up... do that um when I, when we had
1: a cat we put up um because even though we I had a scratching pad of course mm. I didn't want to use the scratching pad cold no. but no. but we put up the clear plastic film on okay. On the bottom half of the wall, and uh, that the non-cat scratch scratching film. I mean, yes, mm. you've got to live with plastic film on your wall, but it's clear. Um, and but yeah, we got a hundred percent of our
2: deposit back every single time. When you're if, renting, that, you kind yeah. you kind of have to live with some of the adjustments yeah. um, that you do if you have an animal. You know, so I think it's all it's all kind of case by case.
0: Uh, if yeah. you own the place too, I mean, you you know that you're going to be renovating in a higher frequency if you've got pets. Yep. right? It's you just, know, if you, you mean, own the place. The, you... The, screen, the, the sliding screen walls, what do you got? The, the shogi, shogi, what do you call them?
2: Shogi. Uh, shogi,
0: yeah, those cats love breaking through those. <laughs> so do
2: to, so to toddlers though, so do to toddlers. <laughs> I tell you one thing, children cause far more damage yeah. than most animals do.
0: But nobody can tell you no children. Actually, we did have one building where the uh, the owner union said no single mothers. Oh, they tried to say we told them we told them where they can stick it, but they tried to refuse one of our tenants because she was a single mother.
1: What? Sorry, yeah. I'm I'm going to be horrified about that yeah. all day. Yeah. What, what does it matter no. if someone's a single mom?
0: Well, apparently, you know, kids are more noisy when they've only got one parent. I don't know. Don't ask me. <laughs> single. <laughs> They try to refuse single mother tenant.
2: That is horrible. Um, You know, when you are renting, you are kind of always thinking, we actually wanted a family. When we were renting our place, we were giving a priority to families, especially young families or like couples that got married Mm. um, over, for example, single people. Because if you're thinking long term, the families kind of tend to stay because then the kids, you know, go to school and they they kind of lay roots. Single per- single person is in and out, can move anywhere, and then they are the parties. Mm. Right. <laughs> we wanted to avoid the parties, so you know, we gave preference actually to families because first of all, we are a family, we like that. But we gave uh, one of the reasons why we gave preference to families but they're single mothers or you know couple young couple was that we wanted the kids in the house so they kind of you know you feel like they're going to stay longer and you know it's just a better i think it's a better better wife than you're giving a home to they take
0: better care of the property too if they got a family single people unless they're really fancy single people most of them don't really take that good care of a property and they definitely stay longer
2: yeah 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 you know um That's what. That's one of the reasons they stay longer, unless they move the father somewhere. Because you know, in Japan, they like to move the workers uh, around every few years. Yeah. But if it's if the family already lives there, sometimes they opt that the family stays and the father kind of commutes to work. Yeah. Depending. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. We also get
0: a lot of these fathers renting uh, single room units from us during the week and then on the weekend they go back home to the family
2: we have one here in Roppongi because if you need to work and you need to work late it's always better just you know to sleep over especially if you have morning meetings it's easier to just sleep over a night or two than um, to be commuting every you know every day so it works really well
0: I've read somewhere that in Japan, a lot of the div- like a large percentage of divorces actually happen when the uh, husbands retire and suddenly show up at home, right? Like you're not supposed to be here. You were commuting yeah. the entire week for the last twenty yeah. years.
2: What I'm gonna do with you? Yeah. <laughs> that was the biggest problem of Corona. Mm. The biggest problem of Corona was that with the work from home, uh, people just didn't know couples, or you know, they just didn't know what to do together. They could yeah. not. Stand in to be in the same apartment because they were so not used to it. Yeah,
1: that's why Emil did so well because people were then, you know, getting rid of their their like uh, local local small apartments and going further out so that they get bigger houses. Right, so they could. um, Yeah, everyone needed their space. So
2: yeah,
1: Yeah, it's it like it it is a real trend and um, of of people really really you know decentralizing. Interesting though, I did see an article today that it's been announced that from next year, um, workers, inbound workers of a, of various categories, are going to have indefinite visa status.
0: Yeah, I read that one.
1: So Ooh. that's going to be really interesting for um, for inbounds. So, um, restaurant workers, Blanca, restaurant mm-hmm. workers, um, uh, food you know food factories a lot of its factory workers obviously aged care um aquaculture um those types of things so if you have a specialty in any of those categories including restaurant and this is service service well um you can you can get an indefinite um an indefinite visa um, I love
0: Kishida-san more and more Um, when he came into power I kind of thought he was oh he's just like another Abe clone but he, he's a s- stealth assassin kind of the well, economic policies and some of the things he's announcing are um refreshing
1: oh except see. the borders opening <laughs> come on let's be real let's yeah be but real. I mean oh he's um he look he's doing stuff
0: that you know, maybe the voters wouldn't go for, but he knows is needed, right? Like this indefinite visas thing. Imagine that's, if he was saying we're going to allow a bunch of immigrants in, and they can all settle in Japan. They don't
2: have people to work, so of yeah, course he'd they never have to be elected something. again.
0: But he's aware of the fact that they're needed, so let, let's yeah. just call it an indefinite business visa. Yeah,
1: thing. but that's going to be really interesting when you when you have restaurants that are fully staffed by foreign workers. It's going to be a very big culture shock <laughs> to um yep. to to local people, but whether those people are out the back washing dishes like they are in the US right in the US all of the immigrant workers are are the dish pigs and the you know yeah. uh the busboys and all of all of that whether that becomes like this sort of two-tiered two-tiered system like front of house is going to be you know the Uh, the uketsuke the japanese kego speaking person and then out the back they've got the the lower paid uh the lower paid immigrant workers that is a possibility as well i I think think it it depends depends on the location
0: sorry it's going to depend
1: on location absolutely yeah Yeah.
0: Hmm. i mean here in fukuoka at least 50 percent of the convenience stores i go to are fully nepalese like absolutely
1: here too absolutely and supermarkets and I always did I have actually had a couple of chats with them just to make sure, okay, you're coming in, are you being paid a wage? Are you being paid a fair wage? And I asked them very clearly, like mm. you speak you're bilingual, like you speak English, whatever is your native language, and they've given you a like really good Japanese. I wanna make sure that you're not being exploited, especially because they're young women as well, and I'm like, you yeah. know. Are passionate yeah. about that. and it's like yeah. you know are you and I, i've asked people are you being pay, paid a living wage um what is your living conditions like you know and yeah. I've, I've asked people and they seem to be happy enough um yeah. so um it, you know it's going to change the service standards um and it already has a little bit so it's going to be the living
2: conditions are really important because i think a lot of um, those workers are kind of being cramped up i had to refuse when we were looking for tenants for Our mansion. We have a three-bedroom mansion, and we were looking for tenants for that. And I was approached by a language school that supplies uh, teachers, English teachers, to local schools of some sort. And they basically, so they go like, "Ah, do you have a minimum occupancy?" I said, "Well, it's a three-bedroom apartment." You mean, a
0: maximum occupancy.
2: Yeah, a maximum occupancy. (laughs) I'm like. What do you mean? And she said, oh, you know, it's a three-bedroom apartment, so we would like to put in at least six to nine people. And I said, are you crazy? <laughs> no. It's like, you cannot. I was like, no, sorry, I can't do with that because I would not support something like that. I don't Absolutely. mind it if
0: the tenants want to do it to save money. Like, if they're actually renting the place themselves and they want to save money, like, you know, if it's within reason, like two or three of them, we wouldn't mind. But I would never cooperate with a company trying to put them in. Back. I
2: would never. So I told her, I said, listen, no, we don't support this kind of, uh, you know, business yeah, or whatever. Was, you, three
1: couples, though, and a three bedroom apartment that's six people. That's one bathroom now. That's six people and That's it's a, share house, though, three, three, be a share house, though, yeah. basically.
2: you know what my biggest problem was with the Olympics? But when I was coming checking your, uh, your properties, was that bathrooms? Uh, bathrooms, the number of bathrooms. Because in the morning, if the people are supposed to be getting ready and stuff, you need to make sure that they can shower and you know, you do all the stuff. You cannot have nine people in a three bedroom apartment with, no. you know, it's just, I was and, like, and,
1: that, no. and that's why I don't do share accommodation. And that's why, because the standard yeah. Japanese house. Um, Getting back to real estate, the standard Japanese house has one bathroom. Yeah, They might have two to three toilets if it's a larger place, but traditionally everyone shares a bath and a shower. Like en suites are just not not the thing. Um, And so that's the biggest thing that I have with Minpaku is that I cannot... I cannot bear the thought of, you know, renting out individual rooms and having everybody share yeah. a bathroom and kitchen, like, no, nah, can't be no. on with that, can't be on with that. No. I mean, even bigger groups, but that. But if you're a family group, you're kind of going to be
2: okay. Um, yeah, Japan has that. You know, I mean, we, we build properties in Africa as well, and over there when you are building properties and you're counting on it to be rented out as a room, Everything has to be and sweet. It is always and yeah. sweet. You know, always what? Sorry, say that again. And sweet, and sweet, basically oh, meaning, ensuite, sorry. sweet. Yeah, sorry, accent. You know, <laughs> so it makes it. Ma- so you have each of the room has a bathroom its bathroom open. and shower. Yeah. Even in even in Southeast,
1: like especially in Southeast Asia. So you go to Thailand, um, yeah. and a three four bedroom place, they've they've all got a bathroom attached. Yes, to it, so same in so our house.
2: So in our house back in Africa, every room has its toilet and its bathroom, like yeah. shower and every, yeah. every room has that. There's you know, only three
0: of us in our house and it's uh, a single toilet can be challenging even for three people. So I can't yeah. imagine yeah. six to yeah. Nine. Yeah. No, yeah.
1: no, we, we, in, when I built my house, I designed it. that We've got a toilet on every floor yes. um, and we've got two baths because obviously one's in our main park, but one's in our. You know I, I I don't know if I've actually talked about this before is that I have I have a house hack. So um, I built a two generational uh, house so it's got two front doors and with this it's got an apartment like a self-contained apartment mm-hmm. on the ground floor and it's got its own ba- it's got its own unit bathroom with toilet and shower and it's got its own kitchen and then we've got our bathroom and our toilet and then we've yeah. got another and the, the toilet upstairs is actually my mother's when she looked at the plans she went Tracy you're not getting any younger. <laughs> you're gonna want a toilet on the same floor as your bu- as your bedroom and i went you got a
0: point <laughs>
1: Yep, absolutely no, absolutely i'm like so grateful to my mother for that because it was the the best
2: design feature we added in the whole house yeah
0: so. i'm not that old yet and i'm over stairs already i can tell Oh, you. So
2: my dream house my dream house or like my next house is gonna be one floor mm. one floor yes one floor i just have to find a big enough land
0: that's the problem isn't it
1: <laughs> yeah oh and the well, there's a friend of mine he built in um he built in kyoto and uh he built he built on one floor uh, yeah. a three be- a three bedroom house uh, and built it on one floor and actually has enough space for a deck and whatever and it's just like he said i'm not getting any younger <laughs> like, yeah. and it's it is genius that's his for and his wife that's their that's their forever house now yeah. Um, and they've got enough space if people want to come stay, like his parents, her parents, for
2: example. And, um, and it's all on one level. It'd be so. crazy
0: expensive in Tokyo, though, wouldn't it?
2: We had one. We had one. Um, our house before the one that we have now, it was all one floor. The problem, though, was that the windows, it was basically open floor plan for the kitchen, dining, office, and the living room. So uh and with the windows ceiling floor to ceiling windows on both sides, it was very it was beautiful house, but uh you cannot heat it up and you cannot cool it down oh, that's in a,
1: true.
2: yes mm. and after getting ridiculous amount of electricity mm. bills every month, uh, I was like, no I can't live here, I actually can't live here because I would have to start." breaking the walls and kind of separating the rooms and then the whole magic of the house would be gone. Mm. Um, so we sold it and and bought a different house, but uh, it was really <sighs> nice because it was all one floor. Your house now is only two levels, right? Yeah, it's two levels. It's smaller than the house before. The land is big, the The land is 500 square meters. But it's huge. Like, you know, the, the octagonal house that you for live Japan, in. For Japan, for Japan it's big.
1: For Japan it's huge, yeah. yeah. But we live in a, we live in a very like a pencil jobby. So, yeah. you know, yeah. tall and tall and skinny and our garden is on like on the fourth
2: yeah. floor. Um, I have, the good thing for me is that I have the, the, the garden before uh, the entrance, then I have uh, the kind of farm and the greenhouse on the side. And then I have the big space in the bag for the barbecues and yeah. you know, all that stuff. So, I mean, the, the space, the land is pretty big. It's nice. Um, so yeah, we, we got lucky with that property, really lucky. Well, it's just,
1: it's just good for like, you know, my stair climber every day, I'm, I'm up and down those stairs, but when you walk out the front door and you go, oh God, I left something on like on the fourth floor. It's just like, oh no. So yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's good, but it's good for my butt, you know, walking up the stairs. Walking the
2: yes, stairs. good for your butt too.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, but, Having, you know, it is a sacrifice living in central Tokyo, having, you know, not having any garden. Um, yeah, uh, it's we do want to back back to the pet thing. We do really want a pet, but it's like, what sort of pet can you have when, you know, there's uh, especially when a pet gets old to go up and down stairs? It's really hard for them. Uh, cats are
2: pretty good. is up and down the stairs all the time.
1: Yeah. Well, I uh, Look, I'm always uh, look, I'm a cat and a dog person. And but my son is a he really wants a, a dog. Because um, we are close to Yo-Yogi Park, so can he walk it three times a day? Well, of course, it would come back to me. There <laughs> <laughs> you go. And we've got no, we've got no undercover. Like when it's we've we we dog sit. Um, I shouldn't actually say this publicly, but we do. We've dog sitted a number of times for friends because we own the place. We don't have issues yeah. with dealing with kumiyas. Um, and so we we're quite happy to dog sit. Um, But you know, when it's raining, it's it's me that takes out, takes the dog out, like for the for the 10 p.m. before bed We it's just like, raincoat on, it's like, hurry up, dog. <laughs> you
2: know? Yeah,
0: I love dogs, but no thank you to that. Cats are
2: so easy. I mean, you literally have no stress with the cat. Uh, they uh, except don't...
0: when they wake you up three times a night asking for Simba food. doesn't do that. Really?
2: Simba... <laughs> no, Simba did it at first. Um, when he, like, last year, but now he's just, he's already so trained, he knows, we are sleeping, we are sleeping, he doesn't even sleep with us, and in, in, of course, he cannot come to our That's bedroom, really but not even, he has his own places where he sleeps, and he literally does not come, make noise, until he hears, like, for example, if David's getting up, then he will come,
0: can you send them over to train our cats
1: well i'm, I'm seeing now you know, you're talking me into getting a cat but it's I'm thinking like a child. About adopting an older i think i'm i'm keen on adopting an older cat maybe one like not a kitten like kittens are cute but it's just like oh no but
2: then the way you teach it the way you have it you know we got simba when he was uh, three months old mm. so and you know the way you teach him so It's kind of, it's nice. And I think it's easier to bond with, to create the bond with uh, with the kitten. Mm -hmm. So, but, But you know, uh, helping an older cat on the other hand is nice. And then you don't have, then you know that you are not signing up for 20 years, you know.
0: Chica is usually the one that, um, she's the mother of cats in our house. They're crazy in love with her and she does everything for them. And then she went on a business trip to Nara one night. So it was just me Mm -hmm. sleeping there. And um Mm -hmm. Two o'clock in the morning, it was nya nya nya, feed me. And then four o'clock in the morning, nya nya nya, pat me. And then you, five o'clock you... in the morning, they just ran around and spilled water or something. And that was it for my night. Nope. Did
1: you, did you, but did you, you didn't get up at two in the morning and feed them,
0: right? Well, it, it's kind of within arm reach from the futon, like the go around the kitchen. I just need to crawl a little bit and put something oh, just, in the mouth.
1: Get an auto feeder. And they just like, they <laughs> learn how to like, like butt it and. Feed themselves. Right? I can't, they're overweight. I can't.
0: They're not allowed to feed themselves whenever they want.
2: We, we have an auto feeder that it's set up for 6 a.m., 12 noon, and 6 p.m. Oh, the- you can
0: decide. What, so it's not whenever yes. they want.
2: Um, no, no. We have it uh, It's on a timer. You can set up the amount of food you want.
0: Oh, I'm looking into that right now as we speak. <laughs> on, the it next, was the uh, next birthday present. Thank you. Yeah,
2: and it was it was great, you know, and so it gives him 6am, 12 noon, 6pm, gives him a little bit of kibble um, ah, and so Ah, talk, talk to know... me, talk to the feeder. That's oh, brilliant. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, look, we are coming up to the end of the hour. <laughs> and so, yes. you know, we've you know, what I want to know is topics that that our listeners want to want us to talk. I mean, otherwise, look, we'll just you know, if you want to watch. Well, look, Emil's not towering, here. We can
0: talk about anything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's just like you know, the people who who watch this regularly or listen to this regularly on on the on the podcast, like you know, obviously, if you just enjoy our banter and you just want to have a look into our life, that's that's totally fine. Um, Uh, You know, uh, I do sign autographs on my new book, uh, no problem. (laughs) But conversation did
0: start from pet pet friendly properties, so we do have an excuse. And we did
1: come to full circle with the kumi eyes, and also you know the the reform part. Yeah, so we did we did well today. But you know, again, oh look, sorry about that. I don't know if you can hear that noise. There's new buildings going, you know, going on everywhere. Construction in Japan is just nuts. Mm. Are, what do people want to know about what are people are what are they curious about um and uh yeah so absolutely we can we can, we can meet your needs so
0: yeah, yeah we had some questions about investment but i kind of answer the questions in the comments and nobody ever says oh i wish you could talk about this and that on the podcast so yes this is listeners viewers please tell us what you want us to talk about aside from cats
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: And like and subscribe and so forth.
1: Like and subscribe. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All Cons- right.
0: Thanks for your consider, time.
1: Consider subscribing. I think that's the rules that you gotta say now. Yes. Oh,
0: oh consider, subscribing.
1: consider subscribing. Oh, really? It's the rules
2: now, this way. Uh...
1: Well, yeah, I mean, telling, you know, like you must subscribe. Yeah, that currently we'll
0: never talk to you again if you don't subscribe. <laughs> 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 All right, thanks for your time, ladies. See you soon.
1: Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye
0: all right so there you have it cats owner unions families and temporary immigrant workers everything under the sun basically hope you had fun with this one now before we go we're also as always going to tell you and also link to our other sponsors website that's hiroshi shimizu immigration lawyer and administrative scrivener if you're thinking about moving here on a more permanent basis or you're already in japan on some sort of a temporary visa and you want to switch to a longer term or permanent one or if you're considering setting up a local company or a branch office of a foreign company and you've got any sort of business or visa-related inquiries, or even if you just want to find out what your options are on any of these topics, feel free to contact Hidoshi Shimizu. You can find him at japanimmigrationexperts.com and he can help you set up a company, apply for any kind of visa, or just provide you with the best advice and extremely affordable consultation related to these topics. And he's already done that for many of our listeners. So feel free to reach out to him. Again, that's japanimmigrationexperts.com and you'll be well on your way. And that's it from us for today, folks. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Japan Real Estate Podcast. Do share it with your networks and please let us know what you think. So leave us a short rating or review on the iTunes store, on Spotify, or just drop us a line in the comment section or wherever you might've found this episode. We love hearing from you. Hope to have you with us again next time, and until then, have a great...